And welcome back to the Film Site Podcast, everybody. My name is Brandon Chija, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we are going to be talking about Pulp Fiction. But uh, yeah. before we do any of that, uh, what about the condiments? Mm. Ketchup, ketchup, mm. mustard. Mm. That never gets old to me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ketchup on the week. Um, this, by the time this episode is released, we'll be back in school. We will be back in fucking school. Yeah. And which my classes are okay this quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 mildly excited. I think I got some good teachers this quarter, mm-hmm. as opposed to to the the previous one, All right. which I was quite miffed about. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking forward to it. I get to shoot my my thesis mm-hmm. film, yeah, which is terrifying, but in, in like a good way. Yeah, it's kind of like when like a roller coaster. You know, you kind of you know you're gonna be shitting yourself like at some point throughout the ride, mm-hmm. but eh, it's worth it. Yeah, actually, yeah. So I'm going to be doing that, and um, I did all the pre-production planning, pretty mm. much. It's got to fix the schedule and find out where to shoot it and cast it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll be be good to start shooting. Nice. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We did the, just for anyone that, like, wonders how the budget of a movie gets to be so stupidly high, it's like a 20-minute short thing, and we had to budget it as if we were going to pitch it to someone else to have them give us the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, my budget ended up being five thousand dollars and five hundred dollars, five thousand and five hundred dollars. Wow, twenty minute short film. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, this shit's expensive, man. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Uh, it it gets, gets pricey real fucking quick. Oh yeah. But uh, other than that, in work, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I've been relaxing, playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Nice. And work. All right. And fucking work is weird mm-hmm. during the during the breaks. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, like, we had a meeting. <laughs> and this meeting was great because we had some good ideas. Mm-hmm. But then everyone leaves the meeting and no one decided who the fuck's going to do the idea. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, what the fuck's the fucking point? It's always a waste of time. Right. No, I don't, I don't participate. Never. So it's just like, anyway, so we go into work and I, I go into, like, our boss's office. And I say boss in quotation because mm-hmm. I don't really know who's our boss anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I just go there and he's like, so who's doing the signs? Who's doing all the information? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. We didn't decide. What the fuck are you then? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's just annoying that, like, no one makes a decision. And so, like, I then they look at me and I end up being this like, fuck. That's, that's, the, that's the thing, though. It's yeah. like, um, there's a uh, shoot. The fact that I f- I'm going to forget the, the person that wrote this. Yeah. Do you remember? Was it Maya Angelou? Yeah, maybe I'm Maya Angelou. Uh, like do, Maya do not ask for whom the bell tolls for the bell to- tolls for thee. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like when I'm in a room like that and I know that they're not going to figure that out. So it's like I know that it's up to me to do it because they're not going to do it. So you know what? I'm like, nope, I'm checking out completely. <laughs> and then I'll let the bell toll for somebody else because it's not going to get done unless I do it. So I'm not going to do I it. Just, I just hate the fact that that's the, that's the culture behind that's, it. That's everywhere, though. I feel like that's everywhere in life. It's like even if you're playing a video game, you have 15 people on your team, and then the the one goal is to defend one certain wall, but right. then you have 14 other people that are just going out and doing damage and saying, fuck the wall, I don't even care about the wall, I'm just right. going to kill everybody. So it's like, <laughs> if, and in your, your mind, it's like, hey, if I don't stand here and guard this wall, then the other 14 shit people on my team are I'm just going to go it. doing whatever they want to do, and we're going to lose, and they're going to be fine with that. You know, But that's just what life is. It's like, like fuck, man, it's yeah. just so annoying. It's yeah. so fucking annoying. I mean, you can, it's, it's the choice of where do you, who do you want to be. Do you, but, you can be the other 14 people that it's like, I'll watch this shit fall just with everybody else too. That's the thing. <laughs> you know? Like, I, like I, I've tried to do that. I've mm-hmm. tried to just be the guy that just watches it crumble from afar yeah. and just sit there with my cup of tea. It's yeah. none of my fucking business. Mm-hmm. 
But every time I do that, I just have this like overwhelming sense of responsibility because mm-hmm. I could have saved it. But then that's there you go. Then yeah. then then step up and do it all. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that's, that's, that's so that's what that's what ends up happening. So mm-hmm. now, like I was I was not gonna come into work mm-hmm. un- like until Friday. Yeah, and then that's, that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, I call that shit early. <laughs> Mm-mm. And then, so, like, I, I went on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then Wednesday we were going to supposed to start doing inventory. Mm-hmm. But I wanted the inventory to be done a specific way. Mm-hmm. So I started writing down an email to our boss and saying, this is how inventory should be done. Whoever's doing it has to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote the email, and when I was just about to press hit send, I was like, no one's going to read this. No. no. And they're not going to do it. No. Nah. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> so, like, I just, I was, I, so I selected it all, and I just went, like, listen, I wrote an email. I'm, no one's going to do anything. I'm just going to come in yeah. to work and do it. Yes. And, and that was it. And then I came into work and I started doing inventory. Yep. And I had to like, not only did I go to work and, I, and like I said, I'm doing inventory. Mm-hmm. And, every, and like there was one guy just sat in a stupid chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I had to like drag him out. It's like you doing anything like, yeah. here. Yeah. Like now. And it just pisses me off. It's just like That's, the attitude uh, that people have. It's like something needs to be done. It's very clearly there. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with having like downtime. Mm-hmm. But like that's like important because we all need to use that. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, nah. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you? What are you? No, what are you? That's, <laughs> that's going back to the same metaphor. It's like yeah, the 14 people that are all f- doing all the DPS and all the damage, those are the same people equivalent to just hanging out and just letting things happen. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm more than, like, I don't, I don't care about the game. Right. I care zero about the game. Like, everybody can lose the game. You know, unless, you know, you, like, like I said, for, for you, it's like they, I guess there's like more of an incentive. Like, there's something that you want out of it, I guess. Like, the feeling of accomplishment. I guess I just like I just like seeing things work mm. and like I don't want to be sitting at work anymore and like having to scramble because some fucking idiot fucked up mm. before I did it. Oh, yeah. I want to like I like I want it to work mm-hmm. because if it works, nobody calls me <laughs> and tells me it didn't work. I guess yeah. it's just a way to go about it because nobody's going to call me regardless. Yeah, I, I well, take nobody's going to take out of the equation. Nobody, you nobody, you took equation. yourself out of it, yeah. You but like, I, I try to help when nope. it was all downtime. You got it. <laughs> and, and it was fine. And yeah. for, for a while it was fine, but now I get the phone calls. Like, it's either Malcolm yes, gets the phone you're in Because you're in the thing now. You're yeah, in the yeah. Loop. Like, I had to deal with a year and a half in the loop, like being the only guy. And I'm like, no. Then Brian was like, hey, man, I want to come to the cage. <laughs> and I went and talked to our previous boss. I'm like, hey, we got a guy. We got a guy. This guy says he wants to do it. He wants to do everything he's like seriously i'm like yes seriously then that guy got fired we brought in another guy malcolm and then brian was like no i want to do it i want to be like the cage manager i want to be in charge of the cage and i'm like really because you know this like not an increase in pay or like basic right. responsibilities like nope i want it i want it i'm like it's gonna suck he's like nope i want it. i was like cool you got it <laughs> you got like it. i'm fine with i'm fine with i'm really super fine with doing it yeah i'm just annoyed that i get calls for stupid things yeah, that's, that I get texted for super. That's the best part. If it was a big problem, yeah. like if someone told me, "Hey, Brian, uh, yeah, a camera exploded, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid all the cameras are gonna explode," I'd be like, "Fuck me." Okay, I guess mm-hmm. that's a thing I gotta deal with. Mm-hmm. But when someone calls me and it's like, "Yeah, I don't know where a battery is." Yes, that's the stuff I'm talking about. <laughs> that's the little stupid shit that I'm talking about. Like I, I was getting emails from Sonnenberg in the middle of the day on my off day about, "Hey, do you know where so and so camera is, or do you know where the?" I'm like, no, no more of that. You know what I do now? Mm-hmm. I give them your number. <laughs> no, that's what I've been, I've, I've been able to do that ever since you started working there. Like, I just directly pass them directly to you. I'm like, I don't know anything about the inventory. What do you mean? You've been working there for a year and a half. I'm like, nope, Brian is in charge of that. <laughs> Everything. Every time anybody, like, no, Brian, every time. It's, it's him now. Yes. And I, and I, I love that, <laughs> that, that I'm able to do it. 
I'm gonna love so, when the next guy comes in. I'll bright eyed and bush there will be no next guy. There will be no next guy. Like I mean, well, like, there has you know, to be another guy when I'm out. When I leave, yeah, yeah, maybe in like a year or so. It has to be in, like, like a, a year. at least another guy. In in a year, I think there'll be a guy. There'll yeah. be a guy. Fuck me. <laughs> I, I like work. I'm just angry that people call me for stupid shit. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's part of being a boss, though. I mean, it's just um, being a boss, really. And now that I'm not saying like you're a boss there, but just a boss mentality. Your, right. your mentality is is not a who's going to do this. Is I'm doing this and it's going to get done. Right. You know? It's, 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 it's annoying. Yeah. And like it, the, the, I think the part that gets me the most, I know we've been on this for a while, mm. but the part that gets me the most is that I see like someone starts doing something, mm-hmm. right? And then there's five other people, and all those five other people see that person doing a thing. And they don't care. No. And then they're just like, oh, he's doing a thing. Yeah. And then, and then they just sit back down. I like say, that. I like that, though. Like, I mean, I, I was there Monday, and then I went to go do a thing, and then the other two people stayed there. So I shut the door, and I turned my music up, and I got to stay in that room for two and a half hours, like, working <laughs> alone. Yeah. And I was so happy that I didn't have to deal with them, because if, if they had they come in there to help, I would have like, no, please, leave. Well, yeah, well, and that's okay. Like, that's okay. But at least they would have come in and said, hey, do you need help? Don't care. Like, that, that sort not, of gesture. Not my, not my business. Um, I would have been like, but I just see them and they're just like, all right, he's doing a thing. I'm going to sit here and, and fucking sort on my goddamn thumbs so while I get paid. It's just like, what they the could go, fuck? They could go jerk off for ha- an hour and a half. Like, it's not affecting me. But if we're working together, then no, I'm going to be pissed. Like, yeah. if we're, you know, like if we're working together a day to where we have one person covering one thing, another person covering another thing, yeah. and the other person isn't there. Yes, I don't care for fuck what you're doing here. You're going to be doing your goddamn job. Right. But like a time like now, like... What the, what what they do or don't do doesn't affect me, so I'm just like I don't give a fuck. Like go jack off in the bathroom for five hours if you want to. Like I'm gonna go do my job and go home. You I, know? Hate, I hate people. I hate when people. I hate when people's lives affect mine. That's that's what I what I hate. As long as your life doesn't affect my life, then I'm I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. the the reason why that laziness affects my life mm-hmm. is because the amount of time that I spend doing that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Can either be like cut in half or cut in thirds. Mm-hmm. If another asshole just popped their head in and said, "Hey, what can I help?" I have one mm-hmm. guy. I have one guy. He showed up. He like he showed up because he wanted to. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't scheduled to show up. Yeah. And he showed up and he was like, "Hey, man, you need any help?" Mm-hmm. And you know what that guy did? What? He fucking helped me. And it cut my time down in half. I think I got like twice as much done because mm-hmm. that one fucking guy said he wanted to help. Instead right. of me like having to drag someone out and be like, "You're fucking helping me," because you're sitting around in your computer typing whatever you're typing. I don't care. Come help me. I got right. fucking seven Ari kids to go through and like twelve D1 Air kids to go through. Mm. I don't want to do it alone. So I'm dragging someone I out think to that's help. The difference, me. yeah. It's like I, I want to do it yeah. alone. Like I, I want 100. <laughs> like I'm antisocial in that way. I, yeah. When I'm doing something, I don't want to be bothered. I like my personal space and my quietness and silence. Yeah. And like I don't. No, yeah, like no like difference. He, difference in people. I guess. Yeah, because even if, I, if I'm in there with twelve airy kids and Brian, you walk in and like me and you are good friends. I'm yeah. just like, can you just <laughs> you know just I'm doing my thing, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I like to be alone, but yeah. I mean that's that's different. Like I in a bit different. Uh, um, anyway. But uh, other than that, the week I um, the last when we had the last podcast, I yeah. was telling I felt like completely emasculated, and um, you wrote something um, recently. I feel like on Facebook about redefining um, like gender roles a bit, right? You know what, what's uh, what's considered a man or what's considered a woman, mm-hmm. and um, like all right, so I'm, I'm I'm there at the gym and I just started doing leg leg workouts, mm-hmm. which for anybody that uh, works out, they know that that's terrible. That I've just started doing that. That's like the, <laughs> most of your your muscles are in your legs and your lower. Yeah. half and i just started that so um i'm doing this exercise called squats and there's a, a woman right beside me maybe 20 21 years old thin short 
and she's doing squatting the exact same weight that I'm squatting, <laughs> the exact same weight, and doing more repetitions. You know, so it's like as I'm doing it, I'm struggling to stand up with the weight on my back, and she's just up, down, up, down, up, down. I'm like, fuck. Doing it so easily. Yeah, you know, but clearly she's been doing at it for a while. But it's like I'm twice her size, maybe three times her size. Mm-hmm. You know, and I put the weight back up, and I look over at her, and she looks at me, and it's just like a half of a second of a look, and I can tell there was judgment. To where it was just like that the kind of thing that men do that like the uh, the alpha men is like you you kind of size them up you know it's kind of like i could kick your ass and then they look back she's like yeah you could i'll stay out of your way or it's um i can kick your ass and the other person looking back i can kick your ass and then you kind of both agree that it will be a tough time with each other you know with this right here was like she looked at me was like no i could kick you through a fucking wall if i wanted to you know like if she if she so decided her legs were that much stronger than me that she could kick me through the goddamn wall if she wanted she could, to she probably could have and too. I couldn't did anything about it yep. <laughs> you know you would have had the wind knocked out of you like through a wall probably yes. crying yes I was like yeah. wow I, I I love those looks yeah. I, I like I, I've been I, I don't go to the gym regularly mm. but all the times that I've been like the one time I had like a workout regimen mm. uh, that was I had the same thing happen there was this one lady was doing the same thing I was doing, but she was doing it like 10 times as efficiently. Yeah. And it just blew my fucking mind. And we had this look, and I just I just knew that the look was kind of like, you're just, you know, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Go, go home. Mm-hmm. Go home and, and like cry. Yeah. Cry for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just us projecting. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It, it, everything is me projecting. But it's like uh, there's that that, um, that reality that's real versus my actual reality. Yeah. There was a uh, there was a guy. So that, you uh, you looked that woman in the eye and she said, "I'm gonna kick you through a fucking wall." Yes. Like all right. So so the, all right. So like, what was it? There was a guy that gave you a compliment, yeah. but you was like in reality that was that was a backhanded compliment. <laughs> but it's like you can't prove that. But it's like in your reality is a backhanded compliment, and another reality is an actual compliment, right. and then in the third reality is just a complete diss. Right. You know. So you have those three sef- separate. Uh, parallel universes that could all be true you know so i just choose the one that fits best for me you know that gives me the most motivation so it's like so you have one it was a compliment two it was a back in the compliment three it was a it's diss this. so me i'm going it was a disrespectful <laughs> thing and it was you know it's like and it's not that clear cut but it's like it gives me the driving motivation and ambition to go harder the, the greatest thing is when that happens and even though you've talked about it to, like i talked mm. to you when that guy gave me that compliment oh yeah, yeah. and you were like he was just giving you a compliment mm. and i was i just sat there with my arms crossed going yep. like Nah, I didn't nope, like it. Nope. Nah. Yeah. He was a, he was being a piece of shit. Yes, and he, and he was. But it's like you couldn't if you called him out on it. They would be like, "What do you mean?" I'd be the piece of shit. I said you were great. What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fuck I, that shit. I I noticed that from women, just seeing how my girlfriend interacts with people and is just always killing people with kindness. Yeah, that's so great. And then I was like, "Hold on, she doesn't mean that's great at all. She didn't mean that." <laughs> that's not what that means. Hell no, it doesn't. Means the exact opposite. You yeah. suck. Real quick, did you see anything before we run out? Uh, I, I went to see Power Rangers last week. Whoa. But couldn't see it. Oh. Because I didn't realize it was opening weekend, and I was hanging out with Jordan and, mm. and some of my mates from school. Mm. And uh, Jordan Peele from Keegan Peele? Yes, Jordan Peele from Keegan Peele. Nice, all right. He was there. We had a great time. Dave right. Chappelle came in. Dave Chappelle, too. Yeah, well. Dave Chappelle right. came right. in. Nice. Had another lovely time. We okay. had a chat. All right. He talked about his Filipino girlfriend for way too long, mm. if I'm being honest. Okay. Um. But yeah, no, we had a great time. Mm. Couldn't go see the movie, so I went home at about he, he, night. Dave Chappelle has a, a Filipino girlfriend now? Yeah. He was married to a Filipino, so now he has like a... Ah, fuck me. Yeah, that's what right. I'm <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wife. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> fuck that up. 
Sorry for like the fight that your wife's gonna have about you for that one. Oh yeah. He's like, what? You got a Filipino girlfriend on the side now? Like, what the fuck is this about? But yeah, no, I tried to see Power Rangers. It didn't work out. Yeah. But I saw. Uh, I've been watching the Great British Bake Off. The, oh yeah, you're talking about that. I yeah. fucking love that shit, man. Nice. It is so relaxing. Yeah. And like we're like at the quarterfinals of season three, mm-hmm. and I'm sad because I've only got two episodes left. Oh no. And like one of the girls that I wanted to win, I don't want her to win anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, fuck. This is like I'm way too emotionally <laughs> invested it, yeah. in this fucking British baking show. Yeah. And like I like that show because there's no drama. Mm-hmm. Everyone's baking and they help each other out if they need to be. What? Like if one guy's like like there was one episode that was adorable. Yeah. Because one guy was having trouble making an ice cream roll. You're terrible, Ryan. You are a terrible person. One guy was having trouble making. I, I need I need you to own up to this. Like <laughs> this is this is bad. This is terrible. And people call me all the time, and I don't but know like what this, it is. Come on, come on. That is literally a six one seven number. Can, can, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. We have an intervention here. Yeah, let's I've, do I've, it. I've let's called you out on. All right, so we're gonna yeah. run over time a little bit here. Yeah. All right. So for sixty three weeks, yeah, sixty three weeks, I've been calling you out a bit about the text messages and the phones during the podcast. Right. But first, we were just like a little joke, like, "Hey, you are eventually he'll get it together." But you know what it's looking like. You are not going to get it together. It's looking like that. Because a pattern of 63 weeks in a row of never turning off the ringer or the the text messages. Here's the thing. Before this episode started, I'm going to defend... Shit, I hit the mic. I'm going to defend myself a little. Will you you also defend the other 62 weeks? Uh, No. Those are not. But I'm going to defend this the last couple of weeks. No. I set up my phone to rig on my computer. Yes. uh, So that I could text message on my computer. Mm -hmm. But then every time I get a phone call now, which was not planned... My of course computer. It's not. What planned? My, no, no. I'm not saying the phone call was planned, <laughs> yes. but I didn't want this to happen. I didn't want to get my phone calls through my computer. I mm-hmm. just wanted to get my text messages yeah. through my computer. So now every time someone fucking calls me, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, and I don't get calls a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking shows up on the computer. So like I muted my phone while you were talking about like that girl at the gym, mm-hmm. and and I and I just forgot to mute the computer. Because the computer happened. So you fucked up. I did. No, just, I'm not that was, saying. That was quick. Just, I fucked up. What happened last week? I fucked up. What happened the week before? I fucked up. I, just, fucked, I, up. Fucked, up. I fucked up for 66 weeks. 63. But, 63. but what I'm saying is, now that we have it on wax, yeah. can you please? <laughs> no, just real please. I'm, gen- I'm genuinely going to try. Because I, 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 I could, try. Because I remember before we start the episode, mm-hmm. but I feel like a dick if I'm like, hey, Brian, could you cut your phone off and mute it? No, please and tell me. If, like, please tell me. I, I'll start. I will. Yeah. Okay. That's okay if you do. 63. It yeah. ends on week 63. Phone ends week 63. <laughs> I will be walking this down. <laughs> That's going to happen. I muted my phone, but my computer just keeps ringing. Mm. And I like, I don't know, like I've been doing a, a lot of like small work in a mm. lot of small places. Mm. Um, so I just getting like way more calls lately and mm. I'm like getting emails like crazy and text messages. And like I try, man, but I just, I just, I fuck up. There we go. That's, that's all yeah. it is. Yeah. is I, Cause I mean, I can. I'll give you a, a 15 minute soliloquy about why I didn't go to the gym a couple of days ago. Yeah. But you know why I didn't? I fucked up. I know. No, it's that's just, fine. There is. You, and I know you, it's you my do fuck or up. You, don't. you do or you don't. It For is. For 63 weeks, yes. it has been my fuck up. Yes. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay acknowledging that. Yes, all right. But uh, I'll try. I'll try. Don't try, Please. man. I'll Please. try. I'll no, try. You, you've been trying for 63 weeks. Please stop trying and just do it. <laughs> Please. It's Please. okay if you remind me and you say, hey, throw yes. your fucking phone at the fucking window, right. you fucking right. asshole. <laughs> It's okay. Say it to me just like that. All right. And you walk in next week. Anyway. 
For film's sake, is you getting like an inside? Like this is why I lo- I'm loving the podcast. Like recently, like because not only are you getting like the uh, the movie breakdowns, yeah. like you get to hear an interaction from the people you've been listening to for like 63 weeks straight. So it's not just like random like bickering between friends. Like you, it's just part of the you show. Can track how you can long track it. <laughs> yes. I've been an asshole with this fucking phone thing. I'm fucking sorry, man. Shit. <laughs> What can I do? I guess I can just mute my show. Oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> Fine. I guess we got to the root of the issue. I'm just a lazy asshole. Let's go. You have right. anything else to th- say? I'm good. I think I'm good. Anything else? All right. Well, we're going to talk about fucking Pulp Fiction. Hopefully, I don't get any more fucking calls during the episode. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> we're going to stare into the awkwardness. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, welcome back. We're going to talk Pulp Fiction. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's fucking Pulp Fiction. Down, 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 down. Is that 007 or is that Pulp that Fiction? That was 007. Yeah, because uh, there's something similar at the beginning of you Pulp were, Fiction. You were thinking of like the one that the Black Eyed Peas sample for for Let's Have a Good Night. I, I, was, I was doing that. That's 007. That's 007. That's 007. Yeah. You're looking for it's Welcome Back. I read the subtitles. It's mm. Welcome Back by some other fucking well, dude. It's like an 80s or 70s yeah. song. You guys know what I'm trying to do, hopefully. Yeah. That's right. the intro to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pulp Fiction is rated R, a uh, two hour and 33 minute, four minute runtime listed as a, com- a crime drama. It uh, came out October the 14th of 1994. Uh, the rundown. The lives of two mob hitmen, a boxer, a gangster's wife, and a pair of diner bandits inter inter interwine intertwine intertwine. Haha, uh-huh, I didn't see that team intertwine <laughs> in four tales of violence and redemption. Uh, the director is uh, Quentin Tarantino. The writer as well. Uh, Tim Roth plays Pumpkin. Amanda Plummer plays Honey Bunny. John Travolta plays Vince Vince Vega. Uh, Samuel Jackson plays Jules. Phil Moore plays Marvin. <laughs> he shot Marvin in the fucking face. Uh, Bruce Willis plays Butch. Ving Rhames plays Marcellus <laughs> Wallace. Uma Thurman plays Mia Wallace. Steve Buscemi plays Buddy Holly, which I did not even recognize till last night. And I've seen... I didn't recognize Steve Buscemi. I've seen this movie seven times. Like a hundred sometimes. Yeah. Millions of times. I've seen this so upteen times. And I did not realize that Steve Buscemi... Buscemi you know where... Um, the scene right after where she was like, uh, you can get a steak anywhere, daddy-o. Come on, don't be a... Uh, Square, yeah. yeah, she makes a rectangle. Anyway, but um, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's brilliant that Tarantino points that out because like yeah. he does the dots to make a full rectangle to show that she made a rectangle. But anyway, um, so uh, they they go inside and then um, she's saying that um, she's pointing out the two different Marilyn Monroe's. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, one of them's Marilyn Monroe, the other's uh, whatever, whatever. But anyway, the uh, the waiter that comes up is Steve Buscemi, dressed as Buddy Holly. No, never picked that I, up until never that I. He goes like, "Hi, my name's Body, whatever the fuck." Yeah, buddy, yeah. Huh? Um, Christopher Walken plays Captain Coons. You know, he has that one scene with the watch, <laughs> and uh, Kathy Griffin plays herself. That's that. Kathy Griffin shows up. Yeah, she's Is only in the, she's in there for fifteen seconds. It's where um where Butch runs over Marcellus Wallace with the car, oh. and then he's laying on the ground, and there's a red head sta- standing over top of him, and they mm-hmm. pick him up. Like that's her only scene. Oh wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> what where do we start? I mean, it's Pulp Fiction. Um, the start. I want. I want to go into Tarantino's obsession with feet. The same way that we started. Uh, started Jackie Brown. 
the with foot the, massage. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the, the yeah, the, uh, the first uh, jokes about the uh, the foot massage. What, what do you what do you think about that? By the way, uh, I, Is, I I think I'm I'm with Vincent Vega mm. on that one. I think every foot massage means something. Yes. We just pretend like they don't. Yes, yes, I'm yes. with that one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Vince too. Like I don't think it was reasonable to to throw a man out of a, a building, you know, because of it. But it, uh, it does seem excessive. <laughs> like said, but it, but it, it did seem like it made sense. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, but yeah, but the, the the foot thing. Mm-hmm. So so we have the uh, the foot fetish thing. Is asking it's okay because of what happened. They threw um, Texas, Tony Tex- Ch- Tony Shakur. T- T- Tony Rocky Horror. Tony Rocky Horror. They do uh, Tony Rocky Horror out of the uh, the building. But uh, there was another instance with feet, and uh, it's Uma Thurman. The oh, first yeah. the first time we see Uma Thurman, we get to see her lips speaking mm-hmm. into a um, the intercom, saying for her for Vince. Uh, Vince Vega to come in. The first time that we actually see another part of her body is um, they're sitting there getting ready, and she's like getting warmer, 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 hot, you know. And he's in there by himself in the room. So when we finally see her into the room with him, we see her standing up, and it's a close up of her feet, <laughs> barefoot. She's barefoot, and she's standing there close up of her feet. First thing that we see of her. Do you think uh, Quentin Tarantino, when uh, if he saw Dave Chappelle's latest special, mm. it's like you know the where you, she puts her foot together and then you fuck the little folds? Oh yeah, thing? yeah. Think Tarantino's into that? I think yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chappelle's been talking about that for a while. I think they'll be good friends. <laughs> I think they'll be really good friends. You go to like the foot fetish circle. Yeah. Fuck some feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Tarantino's an interesting fucking guy. Mm. Just in movies in general, like. Every time I watch this movie, I remember how much I fucking love dialogue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I, was, I was watching it, and the, right after talking about the foot massage, mm-hmm. he was like, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as call him fat. Oh, He's Samoan. got a weight problem. <laughs> He's a Samoan. Like, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a weight problem. Nigga Samoan. What's he going to do? Yeah. It's just like, the fucking, like, the, the way that the dialogue is delivered in this movie is just fucking fantastic. And it it's is. Like, and the way it's written, it just feels so natural. And, mm-hmm. and, and I really think that part of it comes from, like, First of all, the dialogue's amazing, and then like mm-hmm. just having uh, Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. deliver his lines, like he really steals the show whenever he's on screen. It it is, and it's like I have to take away the how, how I see Tarantino from like the two thousands on mm-hmm. because now I've seen the pattern, so it's like. I had to take every movie that he's made after Pulp Fiction out of my mind and just watch Pulp Fiction the way that I watched it when that was the last movie and most recent movie that he made. Right. You know, because at the time I wasn't looking at him exploiting characters for the use of the word nigga right. at all. You know, but now I can see the pattern behind it. And it was upsetting me, like, to watch it a little bit, you know, thinking, you know, this person, you my nigga, certainly appears so. You know, just like <laughs> nigga is all the way through the movie, right. you know, and it's exploited. But. Like I said, it's, it works. It works very well, but the fact that he continues to exploit that from movie to movie to movie, yeah, like it, it I worked see the really well back when Pulp Fiction was a thing. I mean, and it worked well in Jackie, Vo- uh, Jackie Brown as well. Right, right, I mean, right. It worked well in a number of movies, but it's just like the fact that it's just, I, I brought it up in our uh, Tarantino episode. Mm-hmm. It's like saying faggot. You know, right. I don't, I'll say any word in the human language, but if you're just fixated on one particular word and there's a pattern of movie after movie after movie, then I think there's an issue here. Right. My point was that it worked all the way up to maybe like halfway up to his work like mm. maybe like there's like four movies where like after a while I just kind of go like ah find yeah. a new word buddy yeah you know yeah. but uh it, again Quentin Tarantino's kind of a would you agree that Quentin Tarantino's a black exploitationist filmmaker yeah, um par- partially yeah um partially. a western a spaghetti western uh filmmaker a black exploitation uh I will probably want to add another genre in there as well but yeah, I think yeah. he definitely gets a lot from uh, from spaghetti westerns and black exploitation. Definitely. Right. How do you feel about that? I, I I've heard a lot of people like give him shit for it, but I, I and like I wonder, 
Like, what's uh, the? I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel any more, any different about the fact that he's using black exploitation and the fact that he's using spaghetti westerns. I think he'll exploit anything that is beneficial to him. Right. You know, so I mean, it, regardless of what it is, if he could, if he could exploit Asian culture for his own benefit, Which then I'm has. sure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I think he'll exploit anybody. I don't think yeah. it's one particular, you know, people that he's looking for. That's viable. Yeah, yeah. I can go with that. Yeah. I, I've always liked Tarantino's sort of take on the on the spaghetti westerns and, yeah. the, and the black exploitation movies. Yeah. Because black exploitation movies were a thing I couldn't necessarily get into mm. a lot of the time because they, they they require an understanding of culture. Yes. That I just don't have. Yeah. And then like Tarantino bridged that gap for me. He mm. kind of like made it easier for me to understand some of the references. Yeah. And like now I now I get it mm. and I can watch this. There's a there's an anime called uh, Black Dynamite. Have you seen it? Have I seen Black Dynamite? Who the uh, fuck do you think I am? Well, th- I know that there's... <laughs> Dynamite! I've seen the Black... There's a movie called Black Dynamite. Right, oh. right. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. there's like two or three things called Black Dynamite. Yeah, I've seen all of them. Yeah. Yes. So like someone made an anime. Yeah. And it's fucking fantastic. Yes, it is. And like, uh, it, I think it reminds me a lot of Tarantino's mm. filmmaking style. Where things are just a little bit absurd. Mm. But they make enough sense where you're like, all right, yeah, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I really like that sort of look for like comedic, not even action, but just like a comedic gangster mm-hmm. films, I guess, would yeah. be the way to t- talk about Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. accurately. It's funny, but it's not meant to be funny. It's kind of meant to be like an insight into gangster's life. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> there was a, um, there was a, cause like I said, I've seen this so like billions mm-hmm. of times, it feels like. So I was trying to find new things, like mm-hmm. the Steve Buscemi thing. All right, something that had bothered me for quite a while with the movie. So, and you know, I shot all out of sequence. Right. But in in this particular, um, in this scene, this is the first interaction through any way that you think with this. This will be the first time that uh, Bruce Willis's character Butch and Vince Vega meet and right. interact. And um, that's that's where um, where Marcellus Marcellus is telling um, telling Butch to throw the fight. Right. And uh, right after that, he goes up to the bar and um, and Vince Vega walks in. And then he was like, um, he was like, uh, how, how you doing, uh, friend? And he was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not your friend, Palooza. Palooza. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, well, what, what do you mean? It's like nothing punchy. You know, and then he, he walks off. So it's like, th- that's the first scene. And then later, the very next scene is, um, is Vince Vega uh, during the day at, uh, at Lance's house buying cocaine. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, he's been, he's back from Amsterdam for a full day. He's going to be taking Numa out later that day. So, you know. He's not buying sequences. cocaine, he's buying heroin. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. by her own. And he's going to be with her later, uh, Uma Thurman, later that day. Mm-hmm. So you know that this is the day after. You know, because while they're talking in the uh, the bar, he's talking about taking Mrs. Wallace out tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. yeah. All right, so then, the, so tomorrow, tomorrow was now, and he's talking about his, um, he's talking about his car being scratched up. You know, so he was like, "Oh, I didn't realize that." Yeah, he was Bruce like, "What Willis did that?" Exactly. <laughs> yes, and it's like I never thought about that about um about how how it was like he was like, "This is my very nice car. I've had it in storage for so many odd years. I take it out for three fucking days, and then my car my car is keyed. I had to fucking go find the script, download the script. Inside the script, it said that um that Vince Vega parked directly beside Bruce Willis, and <laughs> the, the the parking lot was completely empty, and he parked his car right beside his. You know." And it, that's fucking awesome I, yeah. never, I never realized that and the um and apparently um i was wondering why vince vega interacted with with butch like that when they first met mm-hmm. you know right there and i had to look up the word palooza you know because i was like why did he call him that and then why are they interacting like that and palooza was like um and there was like a person that throws a fight you know, okay. a person that like quits or gives up. So Vince Vega already knows that this fighter that he knows about 
is going to be throwing a fight and becoming a quitter. Right. You know, and he's like looking down on it. He was like, so no, nothing palooza, nothing punchy, you know, like fucking quitter, you know, you, no moral having motherfucker, you know. So that's why their relationship started. Like, that's why that interaction happened. It, it, it started, yeah, it started right there. And then uh, right right before that, uh, Marcellus is telling him, it's like, if you, you feel that sting, that's pride fucking with you. You need to give that up. Don't worry about that, yada, yada. And as soon as he he's still standing there and he's looking back and Marcellus and um, and Vince Vega are hugging and mm-hmm. laughing and chopping it up and everything. And he's thinking to himself, well, I, you can only surmise, he's thinking to himself, like, I'm a complete clown. Like, Vince Vega is laughing at me. Marcellus Wallace is laughing at me. They're talking about this prod shit, but then they're going behind my back and just laughing. They think it's fun. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking show you. Right. Get his fucking car when I leave out of here. <laughs> you know? And then ultimately, he actually gets his ultimate revenge and kills Vince Vega. He does. Uh, <laughs> the, the the my favorite thing about this movie is mm-hmm. it's how it's edited. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. the editing for Pulp Fiction, as well as any of early Tarantino's work, is amazing. Yeah, and I love how they break up the story. They introduce you to Jules and Vincent, mm-hmm. then they cut back to Butch with that Vincent Vega interaction. Mm-hmm. Then they cut back earlier than that. What's the next cut? They go from from Butch uh, to to I think it's Lance getting the, the drugs. Yeah, we're, we're, at, we're at Lance with the drugs, and then we're at Uma Thurman from there. Right. Yeah. So, like, like they, they present the story in a way that you kind of you know exactly what's happening because mm-hmm. you're keeping track of the chunks, but they cut the chunks out. Yeah. So, like, they cut huge chunks out of Jules and Vincent's Vegas story. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we actually start with the, the, the thieves in the, in, in the coffee shop. Thieves in the coffee shop. Yeah, oh, you're talking about the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Which, did you notice that you saw Vincent Vega walking with the T-shirt and the blue pants? Oh, oh yeah. All that shit. So, yeah. like, the, the attention to detail, I mean, it is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you get the seat. You get, like, you see, you introduce the, the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. You cut back to Jules and Vincent. Yep. Cut back to the Mia Wallace thing. Uh, and, like, by the end of the movie, when you cut back to the coffee shop, you know exactly what's going to happen because mm-hmm. you already saw it in the thing, but now you're just getting a new perspective on it. So yeah. like, I feel like the, the the way the movie's edited, the first three couple of cuts, you're like, wait, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then you catch on with the rhythm of the edit, and then you're with the movie. Oh yeah. The whole time, the whole time through. Yeah. Which I think is spectacular editing. Oh yeah, I mean <clears throat> some of the best editing right there. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what, some of my favorite scenes in there. My favorite character will probably have to be. Probably Vince Vega. Really? Yeah. Mine's Jules. Jules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking love Jules. And Jules I will strike awesome. down with great vengeance. Oh, hold on, hold on. He's like, this is one of the uh, the paths that he had memorized. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. <laughs> you know, I fucking love that. Yes. <clears throat> did, you, did you know that um, that's only two of those lines were actually in the Bible? Yeah, it's completely made up yeah, yeah, yeah. from those two lines. Oh, yeah. Which just made it great. It's just so yes. convincing. But oh, like, yeah. I think my favorite moments in Pulp Fiction aren't the big things like that line mm-hmm. or the... Oh, the say what again, motherfucker. Oh, I yeah. dare you. I double, double dare you. Mm-hmm. Like, those are iconic moments in the film, but mm-hmm. my favorite moments are the tiny ones. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's sitting with Tim Roth in the diner, and it's like, now you're going to reach in that back and you're going to give me my wallet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, which one is it? The one that says bad, bad motherfucker. motherfucker on mm-hmm. it? And you don't expect it to be a thing. And then he reaches out a wallet and assumes and it says bad, bad motherfucker, motherfucker in the yeah. wallet. Hell yeah. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Fucking love those tiny little details. 
I, one of my favorite is uh, the interaction with the wolf mm-hmm. and uh, you can see how Vince Vega's character is like he doesn't he still has that kind of juvenile mentality mm-hmm. like I don't I don't want you to tell me what to do I don't like being bossed around like he still has that you know mentality in him right. and um, and the wolf is like bro you got grow the fuck up like we're I'm, we're past that like you know, we're, we're dealing with something. He's like, if I'm curt with you, it's because time is a factor. I think fast, I talk fast, and, and I need you guys to act fast if you want to get out of this. So pretty please, with sugar on top, clean the fucking car. You know? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck, man? Quit being a fucking kid. Like, shit, bro. Like, this, this movie, I mean, the movie has a plot. Yes. The movie has a plot. It has things that happen. Things that interconnect all of the movies. Yeah. But, I mean, the movie's really about nothing other than the characters interacting. It's, yeah, it's characters, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a ca- purely character-driven movie, oh, which yeah. is brilliant for the subject matter, because you can easily make this like a blown-out action movie. And oh, yeah. It suck. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but they're restrained, maybe because of the budget or whatever. But, like, the story that he wanted to tell was just like having these characters interact. Mm. Give you a good time with the way that gangsters deal with the world and, like, the sort of the low ground or the underground world of, like, mafia boss. Okay. And then, like, <clears throat> how just, like, coincidence happens. In the world, there's nothing you can do about it. Like Bruce Willis sitting down at the stoplight and seeing Marcellus, and just goes like, "Motherfucker!" That was <laughs> that was a lot in in that in that scene. All right, so so going all the way back to uh, before the fight, we get a, a flashback to mm-hmm. Butch when he's a child and Christopher Walken talking about this watch that his father gave him when they were was it Vietnam? It was I guess Vietnam, yeah. in Vietnam. And he had to smuggle that watch all the way up in the cavity of his asshole, you know, in order to bring it back. And then he pulls the watch out, like, to give it to the kid. And, like, in your mind, you're like, don't fucking touch that. <laughs> you know? just fucking nabs it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the kid takes this, this watch. And that kid grows up to be a really good boxer um, in, in their area. And he holds that watch where he keeps that watch, you know, in remembrance of his dad. So um, eventually he throws a fight. And, you know, he's on the run. Marcellus Wallace is looking for him, trying to kill him. And he tells his uh, his girlfriend, who's adorable, by the way, mm-hmm. she's like, she wants a pot. He's like, what, you, what, you want some fucking pot? He's like, no, I want a pot belly. <laughs> he's like, if you had a pot belly, I'll punch <laughs> you in the stomach. <laughs> fucking pop beyond. <laughs> it's like, um, so, so, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, and she, she knows that they're in danger and uh, what, what's going on. And he told her to pack all their shit inside the apartment and have it ready because we're going to Tennessee. Right. So the next morning, it was like, okay, do we have all this stuff? He's looking through everything and he's looking for the watch. He was like, did you bring the watch? He was like, I think so. He's like, what do you mean you think so? I specifically told you to get the watch. And he was like, um, did you check over there? He was like, yeah. And did you check over here? Yes. So did you get the watch? Um, I, I don't know. Either you did or you didn't. You did get the watch or you didn't get the watch. Did you it's get like the watch then? And he was like, um, yes. Are you sure then? I don't know. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's like either you did or you didn't. And she was like, okay, then I did then. Mm. I did because you're angry. So I did. Are you sure that you did? No. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you know, so he started freaking out, throwing everything in the apartment. Then he was like, you know what? You know what? It's not your fault. It's my fault because I should have, like, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter to you. That shit doesn't give up. It matter to you. It matters to me. Right. So it was like, I should have made sure because it matters that much to me. So then he puts his life back in jeopardy and he knows it yeah. that he's putting his life back in jeopardy to, to get this watch. The only thing that he has of his father, you know, risking his life to go back and get this watch. And he knows them well how dangerous Marcellus Wallace is yeah. and everybody associated with him. He, um, he leaves, he leaves his girlfriend there, goes back to get the watch and one thing I'm, I'm weird about 
but like I guess it's in the writing, but I guess you kind of needed it for effect. Mm-hmm. But you get inside the house, and he takes his time to put the key inside the and lock. Then he's fucking and then he slams in there, and he's just like trying to see if anybody, nobody's in there. Then fine, he's still kind of quiet about the house inside the house for a little while. He gets the watch, put the watch watch on. Then he decides, hey. Let's have a pop tart. Right. Like what? <laughs> it's like you're, j- just because like nobody's in the house right now. This man it just seems like he's a little smarter than that. You know, you came over knowing that your life was in danger. You destroyed your whole in the hotel room and TV and everything. You know, because you're gonna get killed trying to go back there. Right. And then you decide to have a pop tart, a casual pop tart. I, I think that he wanted. He just wanted a reason for Bruce to stay in the room while Vega came out of the. That's, that's what it was. It was for right. effect. Because I mean, as soon as the pop tarts come up from the toaster, that's when he gets destroyed with the gun. Right. So I mean, it was for effect. But I'm like, eh, you wouldn't have done it. A little bit better. Yeah, but you know, it, it was it was still looked amazing. I still loved it. But um, but so yeah, he, he takes time to have him have himself a pop tart, and um, and this is the thing with with Vince Vega. Where I, what I do like about the storyline mm-hmm. is, in in the sequences, you see that that Jules is trying to get out. Like right. he's he's seeing he's he's quoting the Bible over and over, but he's still inside this dark lifestyle. But he's he's talking about God and how this event that happens, you know, when they go to kill Brett. That um that a guy comes out of the bathroom with a goddamn hand cannon yeah. and shoots all these bullets that just makes a um a outline with between both of them right. you know and and Joel sees it as a complete miracle it was um divine intervention divine intervention yeah. <laughs> divine intervention as far as he was concerned that God came down and stopped those bullets from, from hitting him and um, my favorite thing about Jews by the way mm-hmm. is that <clears throat> while he's saying all this biblical shit mm-hmm. he doesn't stop cursing at all no hell no just like. God came down and sucked these motherfucking bullets from hitting me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how he looks at it. Like, and, and he's he's legit. Like, he's not just, like, saying some shit to convince Vince Vega. Like, he's he believes it. Right. You know, so um, by, by the time they, they take the, uh, the – they get the briefcase, like, he's, like, saying, I'm out. Like, I'm getting out. Like, this is it. Like, this is the moment that I realize this is enough. Right. Like, this should have been me being dead today right now. This is a message saying to get the fuck out. And when, when you finally see – um. When uh, when Bruce Willis's character Buster he he, he books it he leaves uh, he leaves town then you get to see uh, Vince Vega with a new partner a new black guy right you know, because, <laughs> because Samuel Jackson has quit you know it was like no I've had my wake up call I'm I'm done <laughs> you know so he's with a new black guy now and I guess those those two would have been teaming up to go to uh, to Butch's house but right. only Vince is there that we know of right and uh, he he goes there to wait on him and he meets his death. He meets his death right fucking there. I was like, fuck, bro. Yeah. I should have got out. So he didn't recognize the sign. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the thing about, <laughs> about living in reality than right. really, and what you think is reality than the bullshit. And it's right. like, with Samuel Jackson, it's like, that thing, what happened is, you can't prove that. That's level three bullshit. Right. You know, what, what he's saying is, but because of what happened later on with Vincent Vega dying, you know, and not seeing the same thing Samuel Jackson it's hard to, yeah. you know, it's hard to say that what he believed wasn't true. You just can't prove that, right. you know. But he's alive. <laughs> so. How did I noticed this while I was watching the movie? I didn't know this movie. First of all, the movie has a lot of like open wide shots, or not mm. open wide shots, but long. Oh yeah, there's long shots in the movie. Yeah, uh, every the average cut happens about a minute and twenty seconds, I mm. think. And that's just me bullshitting a number. But like from what I remember, most scenes or most shots lasted. If they were not conversational shots lasts about a minute and 20 seconds before they cut to anything. Mm. And, and, and that's interesting because when they did cut, they cut into a really dramatically lit close-up. Mm. That, did you notice how many close-ups there were in this movie when I, you were watching it? I noticed inserts, a lot of inserts, but um, close-ups, uh, I mean, I, I would see some, some, close, some, uh, some slow zooms. 
Like uh, one of my favorite ones was Bruce Willis. The first time that he's talking to Marcellus mm-hmm. Wallace and they're not showing Marcellus and they're only showing Bruce. Right. And the uh, the whole bar is lit up red in the back. And, you know, you got some stuff in the foreground and background. I'm like, that's one of my favorite shots. And they slowly zoom in on to, uh, to Bruce, but they don't go to an extreme close up. But only close-ups I can think of really are the inserts. The, see, th- that's what I thought too. I thought mm. that there was just an insert of items. Mm. But there's a lot of conversational close-ups that mm. happen. Um, happened with uh, when Vincent and, and Vega in the cafe, mm. when they were having the conversation about Jules quitting. Yeah. Like half of that conversation happens in profile close-up. Yes. Yeah, they, they do it again at the end with Samuel Jackson and, um, and uh, Tim Roth's character. Uh, pumpkin, right? When, yeah, when he when he has the gun and the yeah, they're going back and forth. Yeah, those are close ups as well. Yeah, those are close ups that yeah. when when he's about to shoot Brett, they close up into yes. his face really dramatically. Yeah. Uh, when uh, I'm trying to think of another one, when there there's a there's a bunch of close ups that I didn't that I didn't really notice were there hmm. until yesterday night, and they're really effective because they look really really dramatic. Yeah. Oh, the close ups when Mia overdose overdoses. There's like seven close ups. Okay. When she overdoses. Yeah. Uh, there's close-ups when they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they and like the the be when they were dancing, they started dancing. It was like a minute and twenty seconds, mm-hmm. a minute and forty maybe, mm-hmm. of them dancing, and then they close to to like medium close-ups of them dancing, and they intercut it, and it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, there's close-ups when it's like dramatic in action when he stabs Mia with the thing. And like they use the close-ups, just kind of sneaks by you because they're mm. like they happen in the action of what's happening in the conversation mm. or the scene. But they're amazing-looking close-ups. Like they're really, really, really pretty. I was uh, I was reading about how they did that uh, that famous scene with the syringe, mm-hmm. and it was it's it's very clever the way <laughs> the Not way that it's done. All right, um, so you have the needle. So like mm-hmm. those, it's just so many inserts on on this shot. So you have the needle and the the the, the liquid dripping from the syringe. Mm-hmm. Close up insert. Then you have um, then you have the the red dot on the chest. Right. Close up insert. Red dot on the chest. And they said when when they tried to do the stabbing motion with John Travolta holding it up and then stabbing down. Mm-hmm. Then and then the next scene. Oh, and the uh, the next one is um, Mia Farrow. I mean not Mia. Um, Uma, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman with the syringe in her chest and she sits up and it's right. all already there. Mm-hmm. So um so what what he said they did he did he slid all those inserts in there and then the the last one was a close up of. Uh, Lance's girlfriend, the one with the, the piercings, right. and she's just standing there staring, like, do it. And you're hearing, <laughs> hearing the countdown. He said what he did was he took all of those close ups and inserts and stitched them together and through time. And when he finally went to the part where he was supposed to stick the plunger down, mm-hmm. they, did it, they did it in reverse. He said he shot it backwards with the syringe already to Mia Farrell's chest right. and then had him pull outwards and then just played it just in reverse. It, yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, fucking shit, guy. You know, you just <laughs> you put all those close ups in, then do a reverse shot into it and then stick it all together. And it's like it looks like it's happening. In real with, time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. That's fucking fascinating. Oh, yeah. And, and like that's what I think about the close ups. I didn't mm. notice how effective the close ups were. Oh, yeah, they were. I've given you a sense. First of all, a sense of space. Like, I feel like a lot of filmmakers fuck up when they do their coverage because mm. they do wide, medium, wide, close, uh, extreme close if yeah. they want to. And then they repeat the process with the same person. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when Tarantino did a close-up, he knew exactly why he wanted that close-up yeah. and why it was there. Yeah. And so, like, like I'm sure sure that if you look through the footage of the movie, there's not going to be, like, wide, extreme, wide, medium, mm-hmm. close, whatever. It's just going to yeah. be like, well, we need a medium and then we need, we need a close. Mm-hmm. That's kind of and, – and I love that type of filmmaking because yeah. it's, so, it, it's so precise yeah. for what you're doing. And then, like – but the, apart from just looking pretty, the movie had a lot of, like, Reservoir Dogs didn't have a lot of complicated shots. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but Pulp Fiction had three or four tracking shots. Yeah. That were amazing to look at. Like when Mia Zodine and, and John Travolta smashes into the dude's like fence, the brick fence. Yeah. And like the dude's at the door like, what the fuck? And the, they follow him out the camera. That whole scene is a tracking shot that yeah. lasts about two minutes. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, fuck. That's just so fucking pretty to see from a movie that you really wouldn't expect those tracking shots to be in. I was I was looking at that and that whole scene. I mean, about how much that cost and um, how you would have had to shoot it. Like the first thing I said, that syringe shot, and I was like, "Shit, we could do that in our room right now." Right. You know, very easily. And then the um, the car uh, crashing into the house. You know, you see the car speeding up in the air. You know, smashing into the house, but you don't see the the car really smash into the house. No. You see the car full speed going into the the grass, and then you hear all the noise. The only thing you see later when they go outside is you know the bricks, you know, torn out a little bit. I'm like, that's that's not on camera when it happens. I'm like, we could fucking do that shit too. Yeah. You know, took a very nice car and just place it in front of destruction. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, I mean, it's just like the budgets. I think I appreciated his movies that much more when he didn't have the budget of a um a hateful eight or a django he had to be a little bit more creative a lot more creative he, he put he portrayed information yeah that's what happened uh what was there was one guy i was worried about edgar wright doing the same yeah. thing yeah uh we talked about that mm-hmm. it's like big budget mm-hmm. means you can do more shit yep. but can it ruin your creative way of directing mm-hmm. and I, th- I think tarantino suffered a bit from that yeah yeah um a few mm-hmm. quotes um, one of my favorite things, what favorite uh, conversations was between Mia and Vince when they're they're sitting down. Oh, um, the um, another line that I just got for the first time mm-hmm. when um, when Steve Buscemi is uh, taking their order and she was like, "I want a milkshake." It's like a five dollar malt. He was Mike like, and uh, Lewis. "Yeah, you want you want Martin and Lewis or uh, or Amos and Andy?" And she was like, uh, "Martin Lewis." <laughs> and it was like I never thought about like like I I figured that was Dean Martin and um, and what's the name Lewis? Uh, fuck me now. Uh, Jerry Lewis okay. I figured it was Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis you know they had a television show two white guys mm-hmm. and but I didn't think you know Amos and Andy you know it was, it was a black show so yeah. he was saying do you want chocolate or vanilla right. like and I wasn't putting that together we're like oh white show black show you know I didn't, I didn't think about that <laughs> see that's, that's one of the jokes that I got interestingly mm. enough yeah <laughs> it's funny like how, how we get different jokes from like the racial end of the spectrum like, I didn't I, yeah. you had, you've heard of Amos and Andy before like I had never yeah. heard of that show no, but I, I know it meant something when I heard mm. the joke. Okay. So, but I knew that there was a black show uh, so, in that. Okay. And I knew that it had been chocolate or vanilla. Okay. I, don't, I just extrapolated. Mm. I don't know why, but I just figured it out. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I didn't know what Amos and Andy was. I was like, Amos and Andy put it up and I was like, black TV show. I'm like, oh, chocolate vanilla. All right. I got all the information now. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're, they're sitting there and um, they're finally just sitting there in the quiet. And me, it's like, don't you hate that? It's like, what? Uncomfortable silences. Why do we feel it's necessary to yak about bullshit in order to be comfortable? You know, that's when you know you've really found somebody special. When you can just shut the fuck up for a minute and comfortably enjoy the silence. Like, I, I take that. I, I've been still on that line for a long time. Like, right. between that line and the let's not start sucking each other off just yet. Like, those two lines from this movie, like, I steal those shits almost daily. I, I didn't. I heard uh, fucking the wolf say mm. that line. It's not like sucking each other's dicks yet. And I yeah. like laughed. It's like, oh, yeah. I know, it's so <laughs> <fun."> <laughs> All the time. Definitely. Um, another scene is um, well, no, a really good one because you know that Marcellus has lost a lot of money because of Butch. Yep. And, um, and, he, and he made it a point to, uh, to be like, no, you say it. In the, in the third round or the fifth round, your ass goes down. Say right. it. You know, so it was like, and are you my nigga? Before you take this money, let me know. So he's like, he's 
pissed the fuck off. He was like, if um, what was the exact quote? If like if 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 he goes to like Indonesia, oh, I want a nigga uh, I know, waiting in a bowl of China. Yeah. If Bush goes to Indonesia, <laughs> I want a nigga hiding in a bowl, a bowl of, of rice. rice. Yes. <laughs> waiting to pop a cap in his ass. Yeah. Which well, is one of my favorite quotes in the whole like movie. They they the uh, the bartender. Indo China. Indo China. The uh, the bartender was like, um, he said, yeah, I talked to his trainer. He says he doesn't know anything. I believe him. He was like, I don't give a fuck what you believe. Go stick the dogs on him. We'll see and we'll know for sure. Yeah. And it's like that just lets you know like how far Vince is willing to go. He's willing to take an innocent person and kill him, you know, with, with dogs just to find Vince Vega. No, I mean not Vince Vega, Butch. to find Butch. Yeah. Just to find Butch. So I'm like, he's mad as fuck yep. about this. So now we get to a point to where Butch and Marcellus are standing in a room together. <laughs> and, and and this goes back to the scene where they crash into the car. Mm-hmm. They go, they they fight, they shoot each other, yep. and they walk into like a, a weapon shop. Yeah, and 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 they're fighting inside the weapon shop, mm-hmm. and then they get kidnapped by two psychopaths. Yeah, and this is where this yeah they scene get, happens. They, they get kidnapped by uh, two psychopaths. They put them down in the uh, in the in the basement slash dungeon. <laughs> the uh, the guy has a gimp with him. Um, he's like has like a rubber ball in his mouth, complete in, in leather. And uh, basically, they're going to just, like, fucking torture these guys, you right. know, until they've had their, their fill. Mm-hmm. So, um, they take Marcellus back there first, and then you can just hear, in the background, as he's getting completely raped out. And you see um, you see Bush is just struggling to get out to see if he can do it, do something about it. He struggles, gets out, gets a samurai sword, kills the gimp, breaks into the room. But there's a moral conflict at first, because at first, he's just going to leave. Oh, yeah. After, after he gets out himself yeah. and kills the gimp, he's just going to turn around. Around, but he hears him still being tortured in right. the room. Oh, fuck, I can't do that. Yeah, and and that's really what saves his life, you yeah. know, from from because I mean, but he would have just been looking for Butch for until he found him for the rest of his life. Right. But he went in there, risked his own life, killed the police officer, and say, well, not no, 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 no. He got the police officer off of him because right. the, the police officer he may still be living today in this fantasy world being tortured. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, because um, from what Marcella says, uh, what now? Let me tell you what now. I'm going to call a couple of hard pipe-hitting niggas who will go to work on their homes right here with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. You hear me talking hell, Billy boy? I ain't through with you by damn sight. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. <laughs> you know, so he's he's going to go in on him from quite some time. So, um, so Butch busts in the room, saves Marcellus, and then he was like, what now? There is no me and you now. It's <laughs> like, you, you leave, you never come back, and then we never talk about this again, and that's it, you know? Right. Like he, they, they call it, they, they squash it. And that, that was a brilliant way on a writing side mm-hmm. to like shut down that storyline. So yes. they could move on with the next bit, which is like Jules and Vega in the, in the cafe. Yeah. So like, it's just like, well, I mean, Bush is running, but I guess he just has to leave town now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant and satisfying way to cut that part of the story short. Yeah. You don't need to hear from them again. You mm-hmm. know what happened. Yep. Now let's go see what happened with Vega in the cafe. And he closes two loops with that scene. The the yes, yes, he does. Then by the time they get to the cafe, um, you have Jules saying that he's quitting. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's done. They're still wearing um, uh, Quentin Tarantino's character's clothes. They're looking like, um, h- h- how do they look? Like a bunch of dorks. <laughs> <laughs> dorks. This is, uh, there's two things I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, the suits. The yeah. Tarantino, he, I, I heard an interview about him, mm-hmm. talking about the way that a character dresses yeah and he got the suits for reservoir dogs because it felt like it was a sort of uniform yeah and men power and men status mm-hmm. 
And so, like, in Pulp Fiction, you still get a little bit of that. that every, every gangster wears black suits because yeah. it means their stronger status above you. Yeah. Therefore, they're empowering the conversation. Mm-hmm. And every time that they're doing some gangster shit, you can tell they're empowered because the camera's, like, sort of pointing a little bit up. Yeah. Uh, specifically in the Brett scene, the camera's pointing, like, all the Definitely, way up. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so, you know that suit means power. You see a suit, you're going to get fucked. Yeah. And then... Uh, when Vincent Vega shoots Mervyn in the face. Yeah. Uh, and that whole bit where like, they lose power, when the wolf comes in, the wolf's wearing a black suit, mm-hmm. and now they're stripped of their suits and they're forced to wear this dorky-ass outfit. Yeah. Great way to tell that those characters are no longer no in longer control of sure, anything yeah. that happens to them. That's pretty nice. Uh, I like that. Which is, I mean, a lot of filmmakers don't realize how much an yeah. outfit makes a difference for your characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... In the in the in the diner scene when they're Jules and Vincent are talking, mm-hmm. my favorite lines comes like, "Did you just make that decision while you're sitting there eating that muffin?" Yeah, I was sitting here eating my muffin, drinking my coffee, and then I had and what moment and what alcoholics would declare a moment, moment of clarity. clarity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's like I decided. They um during that same conversation is um he's talking about bacon. He was like, yeah, but bacon tastes good. Pork tastes good. I'm like, hey, sewer rat, sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I'd never know because I wouldn't eat the filthy motherfucker. Pigs sleep and root and shit. That's a filthy animal. I ain't eat nothing that ain't got a sense enough to disregard its own feces. Vince, Vince was like, uh, how about a dog? A dog eats his own feces. I don't eat dog either. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is also like. A sadder scene knowing that Vega dies and Jules quit because they were kind of becoming friends and mm. you were kind of like into the friendship a little bit. Mm. And then it just kind of gets cut away from you <laughs> at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I'm even more upset that Vince Vega's character dies because we don't get an interaction with Vince Vega and his brother the um, oh, yeah, from Reservoir right. Dogs. Yeah. That's, oh, fuck yeah, that's right. The, he was blonde, Mr. Blonde. Yep, right? yep. Damn. That's fucking cool. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Like they, they have, um, you know, they have the uh, the Reddit and all over the internet. People mm-hmm. are talking about the two brothers and if Tarantino will make one of those movies with this 10th movie and be a prequel to the Reservoir Dogs right. and Pulp Fiction happening so you can have both of the brothers with each other. That would be cool. I would love to see something like that, but whatever. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I think <laughs> you were saying something about the diner before I caught you off. Did you say it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Then I mean, I guess I don't really know what else to say about this movie other than that the editing is fantastic. Yeah, the writing is obviously Tarantino esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're not into Tarantino, you're not gonna like this movie. Yeah, but yeah. if you love Tarantino, <laughs> love like this. I do, yes. it's a fucking great movie. You'll love this movie, yeah. And uh, like the writing is, is amazingly well done, mm-hmm. and not only in terms of like it's entertaining to to watch and read, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's it's structurally solid. Yeah, even when it's shot such chronologically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sort of, it's a mess of a structure mm. in terms of, like, how they cut it in the editing room floor. But written, I mean, structurally written, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, the performances are great. There's nothing oh, you can yeah. say about them. Even, like, the minor characters were fucking fantastic. Yes. Uh, and and in, in the end of it all, it's Pulp Fiction. It's a fucking classic. Mm. If you haven't seen it, you should probably get on it at some point. Who, who would you think did the best acting job in that movie? I have to say... Okay, I gotta give an honorable mention to Quentin Tarantino. Okay, for his dead nigger storage scene. That was funny, but it was, he's the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. He's the worst actor, yeah, but it's but funny. that's the best that I've seen him be funny delivering. No, it was funny. He was funny, yeah. just a terrible actor, like so <laughs> so bad. Gosh. So I'm gonna do give you, him an honorable mention do, for like. Do you know that he he wrote himself to play the character of Lance, the drug dealer? Oh really? Yeah, he wrote himself <laughs> to play that character, but he said that he wanted to be behind the camera for the syringe scene. Like he wouldn't trust anybody else to do that scene that way. Right. So he chose to just write himself in for the dead nigger storage. But nice. yeah, that that scene is hilarious. I 
love so that dialogue. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, someone made a uh, someone saying SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Saying that to Patrick, yeah, and it's one that. of my favorite videos of all time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, honorable mention for Quentin too for the Dead Nigger Sword scene because mm. that shit makes me laugh. All right. And then, but I think it's I think it's Samuel Jackson for me. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I think it's. I, it's I mean, I mean, Jackson. I mean, not, well, not your favorite. Like, um, what would win an award for acting performance? Oh. What would win an award for acting? One of them. One of them. Were, they were nominated in '94. So I'm like, could you guess who would have been nominated for acting in that movie? I feel like if I was if I was in charge of nominating people, mm-hmm. I'd really, really nominate Jackson. I really like Sam- Jackson's performance. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman? Yeah. Uma Thurman. Samuel Jackson, it's hard for him to he's not a very disciplined actor, is why he's not gonna get those kind of uh Oscar for lead actor. Mm-hmm. I mean he motherfucker, nigga, motherfucker it's like he's he's not disciplined in his vocabulary. Right. So I mean he can kind of it, it feels more natural and it's it's great to watch as a viewer mm-hmm. because like hey he talks like us like it's it's more natural but mm-hmm. he's not super disciplined. See, yeah. I, I I disagree with with Irma Thurman being the one for an award. I think mm-hmm. she did a great job, mm-hmm. but it was, it was by no means fucking award worthy in my opinion. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I, I like I think I think the subtlety in her performance is what brought it to life. Like I mean, she the uh, goddamn I say goddamn. Damn, I mean, when, yeah. she, when, she, when, she's, uh, when she's doing a line, uh, her interaction with uh, with Vince Vega is she owned Vince Vega. Like when, when they were in scenes together, like she stole the scenes from Vince Vega whenever both of them were in a shot together. See, I disagree. I thought she was dominant in the scenes. Yeah. But I still, like I still thought Vince Vega, I think Vince Vega submitted mm. himself to the No, he did. He, did. he had to. Yeah. So, but not because not he had to, just because... It was like, well, this is the way the night is going. I'm supposed to have her have a good time. Not, not the character. I mean, like the performance of the characters, like the oh. uh, actual John Travolta and actual like Uma Thurman. I disagree. I, I, I think she did a great job, and I think that she did dominate those scenes. Mm-hmm. But I disagree that saying that it was a, it was a word worthy. All right. Yeah. And uh, the other one I would go with is uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Like those two. I don't know if Bruce Willis was nominated for an Oscar. I know Uma Thurman was, but uh, those were the two that I would have uh, nominated out of those. I, I I guess they're not. I guess Samuel Jackson was the most entertaining. He was entertaining. Yeah, it's right. entertaining. It's like the 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 flash was there, but substance isn't there for him. Like especially in this movie, like it's it's yeah. just it's one level of. I mean, it's like he he tries to bring a moral compass to his character mm-hmm. a bit, but it's not enough for me to justify being like a tremendous like Oscar worthy performance for me. Yeah, I wouldn't say Oscar. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like that's I, yeah. Uma Thurman got nominated for the Oscar. I'm not buying it. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It happened. <laughs> yes, All right, it, it happened. happened. I'm not buying it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't agree with it. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. It's fine yeah. to not agree. But it's, 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 it's kind of, it would be like the Trump people like, nope, it didn't happen. It's like, what do you mean? It's right here. It's like, nope, nope, yeah. it's just not there. Like, it's, it's okay to look at something and say, no, I, it's yeah. a fact, but I just don't like it. Like, right, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I, I guess if we're talking in terms of, like, Oscar awards, yeah. I don't think anyone should have been nominated for an Oscar. Okay. But I think they should have gotten nominations. Like, like not nominations, but, like, commendation for their acting work, I think. Maybe. But not necessarily an Oscar. Okay. Yeah. I mean, nobody won an Oscar. But, yeah, yeah they, they, were, they were nominated. What did he lose to? What did she lose to? Shoot. I'll have to look it up. Look I'll it find up. out. We'll though. find that out. Anyway. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Go watch it. Yes. It's a great movie. It's a fucking classic. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, we'll be right back with the movie and the television. Let's 
gonna be a scary time when I'm <laughs> when my references are old. I'm gonna be like, ah, yes, <laughs> fuck. It's like ten years. Yeah. You look yeah. at someone and it's like, what are memes? Just like, what the fuck are you? What yes. am I? What year is this? Yep. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Closing. Welcome back. We're doing closings. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this week in uh, television and movie premieres. Uh, Tuesday, the week of Tuesday, April the 4th through Monday, April the 10th. Uh, first starting on Tuesday. So the day this is coming out, the day you're listening to it, uh, Dimension 404. Uh, it's a new show on the science, was well, a science fiction show on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulu's list, let's see, it, it says it's something like a Black Mirror. There's six episodes. It's a science fiction anthology. It's starring uh, Lee Michelle, Patton Oswalt, Joel McHale, Megan Mullally, and um, Mark Hamill narrates each episode. Okay. So they're saying it's similar to a Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, science, sci-fi anthology. Okay. So I'll check that out. That's on Hulu. Dimension 404 on Tuesday, April the 4th. The same day, Tuesday, April the 4th. Louis C.K. 2017. He's back. He's got a new special. Louis C.K. is back. I'm excited for that. The same day, like the very next, like two Tuesdays after Dave Chappelle drops two specials, Louis C.K. is back with a new special. You know what I'm excited, more excited about the special? Mm -hmm. I'm excited about seeing how everybody got angry at the special. (laughs) Oh, the uh, Dave Chappelle? (laughs) No, like Dave Chappelle releases the specials, people get angry. Yeah. So now Louis C.K. is releasing a special Mm -hmm. and he's, he's offensive. Yeah. So I'm excited for the special. But I'm a little more excited to see the how anger. many how many articles I read about people angry at Louis. Oh C. yeah, yeah, that's definitely gonna happen. It's cause it's gonna be great. Yeah, cause he handles it so well, in my opinion. Yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um. Mm, I, I, yeah, yeah, the Louis C.K. Yeah. 27. Like, I, I want to. There's some topics that I want to hear him bring up in mm-hmm. the show, but I will watch it to find out, as we all will. Right. That's a Louis C.K. 2017. It's a comedy special on Netflix this Tuesday, April the fourth. Uh, next thing is going to be Wednesday, April the fifth. Archer's back. Archer, I haven't watched Archer in a long time. Me neither. Good show though. Yeah, it was great early on. Like the first three seasons, like I was like, hell yeah, but I haven't. I watched only it watched the first season. Oh yeah, it was, it was good. Like first three, four, and whatever. Do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. Yeah. It's my favorite quote from that show. Uh, the animated comedy moves from FX to FXX for its eighth season. Ah. Eighth seasons? What yeah. the fuck? They say it will radically shake up the show's formula once again with a noir-ish story set in 1947 Los Angeles. <laughs> All right, that actually sounds pretty interesting. It sounds like they're going to do some fun stuff there. All right. Uh, that's Wednesday, April the 5th. Uh, the next thing is going to be same day. That Wednesday is going to be Talk Show, The Game Show. Talk Show, The Game Show. How does that work? It's a, it's a comedy talk game show on True TV at 10 p.m., uh, this unconventional talk show finds celebrity guests, including Maria Banford, Wanda Sykes. Do y'all motherfuckers know how hard I put on for Maria Banford? Yeah, you did. When I, when I first brought up Maria Banford. She was uh, Lady you, Dynamite, right? Yes. Like, way before Lady Dynamite. And mm-hmm. I was, like, promoting her. Like, nobody knew who the fuck she was. And I was like, yeah, she's so great, but she's going to finally have a show. And it's going to be like the other shows. I forgot what other shows I was talking about back then. But I was like, <laughs> it's going to be uh, The Leftovers. Oh, I got another rant. Hold on. All right. Left. <laughs> All right, so I'm like, this Maria Bamford show, I, she's my one of my favorite comedians ever, and what's going to happen is because nobody knows who she is, she's going to have a television show, and then I'm going to watch every episode, then it'll be canceled. Right. And then when the show came out, I watched every episode, and you were like, how was it? I was like, it's great, and they're going to cancel it because nobody's going to watch it. But then they didn't, like, people watched it, and it's here, and she has, like, all this momentum, and it's, like, one of the first things in, like, my 30-some-odd-year existence that I genuinely love something that was on the fray, on the fringe of... And and like, it survived. And it survived. I was like, <laughs> what? The, uh, anyway, but um, that's 
<laughs> what, what, what else made me think about that is there was a show called The Leftovers. Mm-hmm. That's a show that I was watching a couple of years ago. I watched all of season fucking one. Yep. All of goddamn season two. I remember this. And it, 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 Justin Thoreau was the lead of the show. Um, what's the name's uh, hus- boyfriend? Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. Anyway, season one and season two. They're canceling the show. They canceled the show. They have season three coming out soon. But during season, season one and two, I told every fucking body that I could that The Leftovers is amazing. Right. It's the best show on TV. I went through telling everybody. And uh, were you in the class with me when um, when we had Kava very early on? I think so. And the very beginning of his classes, he would ask what you guys have been watching. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was early on in our schooling. And uh, shout out to Dan Kava Movie Makers Podcast. We coming for that ass bitch. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so so I, I would say I would say the the shows, and I'll I say the leftovers week after week after week. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm never heard of that. I'm not gonna watch that. I don't, right. I don't care. And then now he's into it. Not only is he into it, and didn't give me credit for that, I, but fine, whatever, because he doesn't remember that, <laughs> and nobody else remembers that I was like preaching the leftovers for year after year. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers. No. And you know, and you know what? You, you know, know who remembers? Pepper's Farms remembers. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper's Farms remembers. <laughs> God damn it! You know, and, it's, and and I don't even want the the credit. It's not even about the credit. You know what I want? I want my goddamn TV show. That's what I want. Had these fuckers been on the bandwagon, on the train earlier on when I was telling them to get on, then we could have had season four, season five, and season six. You could have. But, but oh no, these fucking ass clowns, ass hats, man. I'm tired of that shit. You know, I'll admit I'm part of I'm one of those people because I know you talk to me about the show. And you, I just you're like, not, you're I not just, a TV show person, right? Though. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm just like I just don't watch telly. Yeah, like imagine this was Rick and Morty, yeah. and it's season one, and you, you, and, and I know I how did, great. I did, I told everyone about fucking. Rick and, and, and then and then imagine they don't do it. Yep. And then, and, then, and then and then they say that we're going to cancel the show, but then in the two years that it takes them to make another season, then everybody starts, starts watching it, and then be like, oh nope, well we don't cancel it now. That's what happened with Family Guy very early on, and that's what happened with Futurama very early on. Yep. But I mean, it's just like with television shows, especially you can't when those actors are terminated from that job they go get another job yeah. so you can't just call them back and be like hey people are liking this now come back I'm like no bitch i got another job now <laughs> you know so so it's like that's what pisses me off i'm these great great shows and then people don't watch it then they get on it later and they want to fuck it's just, you guys, it's just really hard now to get a commitment for a television show because there's yeah. so many of them oh yeah so i think that for a show to get a good commitment base yeah. it has to be like breaking bad or mm-hmm. it has to be like a really solid pilot like the walking dead mm-hmm. which is still one of my favorite pilots today yeah so yeah uh and like it has to it has to have that much of an impact yeah for them to have like a lasting commitment for the fan base it's it's unfortunate that um that you have to have that much flash early on because yeah. the leftovers is like 80 percent substance right you know there's there's not much it's like watching a a slow british drama like i mean it's like you know how you know well, of all people yeah, you know how great those things are uh, but it's like there's not much flash and like the american audience can only deal with certain types of british you know television right because it's not in your face the same way there is a lot more subtle you know the british things are so i mean i don't know it's just it's just unfortunate that american television has to be so in your face flashy and then slowly bring in substance just to, you know, to so appease you can, everyone. To, like, trick you. It's like yeah. having, like, candy before they give you medicine. Exactly like that, yeah. Um, there, there's a new show on television called on Netflix called Easy. Easy. I've and heard of this. Yeah, it's it's good. It's mm. good. It's like it's like a romantic comedy. It's in the, it's in the vein of love and, and shame. Not shameless. In the name of love. Okay. Uh, not the, not the same. in the name of love, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like in that vein of show where it's just like people having relationship issues yeah. and figuring it out. Yeah. Mark Maron's in it. 
a bunch of like other great actors are in it that mm. I don't know their names. Oh yeah, I heard him talking about that. He said he had he started smoking cigarettes, so like fake cigarettes for right. that part or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like he looks great, and it looks like a funny show. Okay. But they opened up the wrong way, mm. and I think, and this is what most televisions do: they open up in a way where you know you have an ensemble cast because mm. we see it on the trailers. Hey, but what? An ensemble. Ensemble? Ensemble, yeah. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> ensemble. And how do you say it again? Ensemble. Ensemble. Yeah. So you have an ensemble cast, and, and, and you see, you know that because we do it on the trailer. And then... Fuck no, you. you're not wrong. No, you're not <laughs> wrong. Because, like, because, like, that's what it looks like it says. Like, you're right on this one. Like, it looks like it says ensemble. <laughs> like, it doesn't ensemble. Like, it's right. not spelled like that the way it sounds. Nope. I'm Probably with you. I'm with you. Some of those French fucking... <laughs> uh, so, like, you tell people there's going to be multiple actors yeah. that are, like, really funny. And they're going to yeah. be in multiple situations that are going to be really funny. Yeah. And then they open up the episode and 20 minutes in. We've only seen one group of people. Yeah. And it's just like, that fucks up the dynamic of your show. Yes. Because what you told me was going to happen mm. is not fucking happening. Yeah. And yeah. I want to see that. I wanted to see, I don't want to have to wait four episodes to see Mark Marin, mm. which is what I wanted to see. Because mm. then I'm just not going to watch a fucking show. Okay. So like a lot of this like shows that have a lot of substance, they market with Flash and mm. then they just give you the substance. And I think you have to be willing to take the, the L and market for what you're showing mm. and see who that attracts. It's better to have a niche following than to trick a massive following yes. and then losing all of those followings along the way. It's Agreed. better to become a cold classic than to just, you know, bomb on the on the mainstream market. I agree with that. And I think that's where EC went wrong. And I know that show is going to do fairly well. It's going to do well enough to get a second season mm. and maybe a third season. And after that, we're not going to hear about it anymore. Mm. Unless people ignore the bad way it opened. Sheesh. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's uh that's talk show the game show. It's uh, gonna be on True TV at 10 p.m. Uh, so basically they're they're um in this this unconventional talk show starring all these uh, guests Maria Bamford, Wanda Sykes, um, Chelsea Handler, Margaret Cho, um, and John Margaret Daly. Cho. Yeah, like oh yeah, she's Margaret funny. Cho. Uh, they're all competing to be the best guest of the night. Nice. So so basically it's like the Tonight Show or any kind of late night show and then you have a guest on there and then you know that guest will be finished and then another guest will come to the couch and they'll talk to the thing but this is right up my alley because they're competing to be the best ones competition (laughs) because at the end it's like what i would have done in reality if i'm going on a late night show and then i go talk to conan o'brien and then somebody else comes out and um fucking denzel Washington comes out now he's sitting there and i'm sitting next and then denzel watching that conversation and then after it's over i will be like so who was better (laughs) better at what talking to me in the conversation yes who was better like i'm always like competitive like everything is a competition everything you know so it's like yes i would love love to watch something like that <laughs> like no dude we're just having fun it's just a fun no it's not fun unless i win that's what fun is Damn. that's what fun is to me winning uh, the next thing is friday april the 7th american playboy the hugh hefner story on amazon i, I i'm curious mm-hmm. but not necessarily into the idea of paying to see it Oh, Amazon? Oh, I have Amazon. Though. Yeah, I don't have Amazon. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this. 13-episode uh, uh, docuseries blend archival foot- footage, interviews, and reenactments to trace the life of the Playboy founder, Hugh Hefner. You know what I'm annoyed at? Hmm? Docuseries. 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 Why? I'm annoyed at that. Why? It's a good format. Okay. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad way to bring out extended documentaries, mm-hmm. but do we really need 13 episodes of a guy? Why not? Do you really need that? What do you mean? Do you think he's, the guy's not important enough? No, no, no. The guy's definitely important. He did a lot of things in his life. And right. he's definitely 
one of the guys that we, we should learn about in terms of like entrepreneurship and all yeah. that shit. Hugh Hefner, great fucking guy. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to watch 13 episodes. No, I mean, you don't have to though. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like for the people that are interested, it's like you get you get 13 episodes <laughs> instead I'm of like, having to watch. I'm like, no, I get 13 episodes. Like I'm <laughs> I'm an obsessive person. Like when I, no. I, I, if they only gave me three episodes then they would be gone in half a day, then I had nothing. Right. You know? I just, I just feel like for documentaries, yeah. like unless you have like a, fucking library of information he does he's like 90 years old and he's been doing this since he was 18 i mean yeah okay <laughs> fine hugh hefner gets 13 episodes he's I'm old fine. he's fucking take hugh hefner out of the equation bring any old motherfucker oh. make 13 episodes mm, on him no nope. fuck that it's not gonna work nope, it's not nope. gonna happen yeah. ducky series for me is like a very specific format yeah and and i'm annoyed that it's becoming a popular format mm. because they're gonna try to cram small i know it's gonna happen Right now, it's a trending thing. Mm-hmm. In like a year and a half, maybe two years, we're going to see all these ducky series happening. Yeah. And we're going to see them be not fucking good. I can agree with that. Because everyone's just trying to follow the trend. And it's like, how do we push this two-hour story into 13 episodes, mm-hmm. every episode lasting an hour? It's going to suck dick. And then, like, people don't realize that. And that's why those trends fucking fail. Because people want to follow the money, and then don't realize that by following the money, they're fucking stretching out their content making it thin as fuck, and then they lose all the money and all the momentum that they had, like, and then the format itself gets fucked. Like, fuck, the, but, but I don't care about those guys. Like, I don't, I don't care about the, the followers. No, 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 but uh, you don't care about them, but by them existing and pushing their, their live into the format, yeah. the format gets fucked. And oh, then yeah. in two oh, years... Oh, you're saying that you, you love the format, and now you're seeing, you know that it's going to fail, though. Right. It worked okay. for making a murderer, because okay. it was a complicated situation with a lot of complicating, complicated yeah. uh, nuances mm. that made sense to have a whole series about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it. It made sense for shows like Forensic Files, mm. because every episode is a self-contained documentary. Mm. But when you start, when you a documentary could have been two hours, yeah. it's then going to be pushed into 13 hours. Oh, yeah. That's going to suck. That's going to thin down the format. People oh, yeah, are not going to want to do it anymore. Format. Format's dead. When it oh, yeah. could have been used to do great, great fucking things oh, yeah. three years from now. That's oh, yeah. what I'm annoyed at. That's why I hate trends. And I, like, I've been looking at trends lately. I'm just like, that's going to suck in four years. And I'm just yeah. like, it fucking makes me angry. The, the good thing about it is like, well, having to live through it sucks. But like the yeah. aftermath is good. Right. Like taking something and exploiting it until you can't get anything else out of it. Then letting it die. And then having a generation that didn't get to experience that. Mm-hmm. Take from that and use it a completely different way. Right. You know, but it's just, it sucks living in it. And just having something that is so good and just destroy it. You yeah. know, but I mean, you kind of, I mean, you, you you kind of have to the um not not decomposition uh deconstructionism right. you know you kind of have to do that in a way but it sucks living it though yeah <laughs> it, it's upsetting because like i mean there's a lot of like maybe who have nerves i don't know enough about his life to say that's not going to make a good docu series mm. it's probably going to be good probably going to be a good series yeah but two years from now the next day i decide to do it on probably not gonna be that great i mean if if this one is very very good then yeah it's gonna open the door for another docuseries and another and right. another and another and they're gonna they're gonna be shit yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot of this shit i mean that happened with superhero movies that's what one happens superhero movie that well everyone else started becoming shit after that's that. what happens with um with uh rap biographies nwa came out and did very well mm-hmm. there every single rapper slash r&b person has a, a a biopic coming out whether it's in the big screen or television right like tupac has this movie coming out they're doing another biggie movie they did the um, 
the new new edition. Like they just everything is getting pushed out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even care about new edition anymore. Like, <laughs> well, like nope. Here you go. You ain't seen the NWA movie. It did well. Push it out there. You know. So yeah, they're they're gonna destroy it. They're yep. gonna destroy it. But I mean, it's just deconstructionism at at its finest, and we gotta watch it fall apart. Gotta, the, the same way we do with America. You gotta, gotta watch, watch it. Right you, gotta, now, you just gotta man. watch it completely fall apart, and then the, the next generation see that and be like, oh okay, well. You know, <laughs> start building the sandcastle yeah. back together. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> uh, the, uh, but that's that's American Playboy Friday, April the seventh. I'm gonna run through yeah, the rest yeah, of these fine. very quickly. Uh, we have the Get Down. It's gonna be on Netflix oh, season shit, two. I love the Get Down. Uh, Jalen, uh, Jaden, Jaden Smith, do your thing, bro. Like you. That was Jaden. That was Jaden. He played the gay character in uh, season one. Oh. Yeah, and he he did his freaking thing, and it's like he didn't get the backlash at all, and it's like it seems like people are more accepting of Jaden Smith now instead of just like laughing at him. Yeah, they're like, laughing with him. Yeah, kind of laughing with him now. Yeah, he he went crazy for a while, but I think he became the meme, and so people accepted him a little. I didn't. Bit. I never thought he was crazy though. Yeah. I mean, but he was. There was a couple of couple of there was like a year where he was mm. just like Jaden, take it easy. I don't Take know. It easy, I mean, it's like crazy. It's like if if you say something that's crazy, that's one thing. If you demonstrate crazy, that's a different thing. Uh, like you you have to demonstrate crazy. Yeah. Like I say crazy stuff all the time, but then if you see me actually do something crazy, that's it's a little different. Dressed up as a white Batman for Beyonce's. What's wrong with that? The Kanye West wedding. Look at every look how I mean. I don't. I don't. That's not it's terribly little, out of the way. It's not terribly out of the way. It's a little yeah. excessive. I say the same thing about every other Hollywood star that dresses up like an idiot. Yeah, so like they, they all do that. I mean, it's They're like... They're all fucking crazy. I, I would be... I'm, I dressed up... You see how I dressed today? This is just yeah. a normal day. If I had $15 million in the bank, this would be times a million. <laughs> like I wore like a bright purple top, a, a bright baby blue shirt, bright red pants and purple shoes. Yep. It's like the Frenchman's of Belair. Yeah, and this is just a normal day. Yeah. Like at $15 million in the bank, yeah, I might dress up as white Batman <laughs> to go to Kim Kardashian's <laughs> wedding. I might, you know... <laughs> You know what? Fair enough. Fine. <laughs> but Fine. but if like if he's like saying that urine is sterile and you should drink it, and then he puts himself on YouTube peeing inside of a glass and drinking the urine, I'm like, okay, yeah, you demonstrated no. crazy, and yeah, I'm gonna leave you alone. <laughs> I like Jaden. I yeah. like Jaden. Yeah. I just thought he was going bonkers for a while. I saw a pattern, yeah. and then he skipped right over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he said some things that made people feel like he was crazy. Yeah, but yeah I, I I can see that. I like Jaden. That's uh the get down. It's coming back to Netflix Friday, April the seventh. Uh, the next show is win it all it's a comedy on netflix the latest in indie comedy from joe swanberg is a netflix exclusive starring new girls jake johnson as a gambling addict who loses his friend's money and must try to win it back before he finds out king michael key and joe tuglio also star critics gave this film a warm reception so, at the south by southwest premiere last month keegan michael key that's uh the other half of kin peel right mm-hmm. okay that's the other tall ball one right yeah, yeah. No, i know uh, but yeah, win, win It All, that's a movie that's going to be on Netflix. Uh, the next thing is going to be the Go- Gore Burger Show. The Gore Burger Show. Adult puppet live action series uh, features TJ Miller. That's your boys. I forgot to TJ Miller voicing an odd extraterrestrial creature who becomes host of a TV variety show after enslaving his staff. Guests for these episodes include Reggie Watts, Tig Notaro, Kenny G, and Larry King. Fuck yeah. That sounds great. Yes, like I can't, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, next show is uh, is Sunday, April the 9th, Talking with Chris Hardwick. J- oh, just, talking, Chris Hardwick yeah. just talking, just talking. 
Um, it's, on, it's on AMC because you know they had the uh, they are Walking Dead and they're like well, talking, dead. talking Dead we have them on after that then they have the Fear of the Walking Dead and then you can have an- another thing with him right after that they had another show that he was talking right after that now too but now that the Walking Dead sucks and the ratings suck for the show and there's really the ratings are going down yeah okay. man like it's, it's really it's about bad. time like I, I skipped I didn't my, my girlfriend stopped watching this whole season she, she refused she's done right, she's done yeah. but you know I'm invested like I, I can't quit <laughs> I, I can't fucking quit <laughs> and this is bad this is bad this show is bad and like I'm wasting my time like I can't I'm not giving them more than two more seasons because it's literally a waste of my time really Man, literally like I'm not enjoy, I don't enjoy but watching like, it Negan came, I thought Negan was gonna be the revival the show needed for like a couple episodes really nah, yeah for I like the, the end of last season and the beginning of this season but it's just they can't have 15 episodes of Negan killing everybody there right. won't be anybody left for the end you know, so I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's going downhill, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, they they needed Chris Hardwick's face to do some more shows, so they have that the talk where he's just going to talk about pop culture stuff, and that'll be cool. I like Chris Hardwick a lot. He is. He's funny as fuck. Yeah. His Twitter feed makes me laugh a lot. He's he's, he's old. Uh, the next Monday, April the tenth, Better Call Saul. It's coming back for season three. Season, season no, three. Season three. Season three. Wait, season two just got out on Netflix. Netflix. Yep. Okay, there we go. Uh, season three is going to be on AMC Monday, April the tenth on AMC. That's it for television and for movies this week. It's a short week. Oh shit! Uh, I accidentally copied the same movie twice. There was two movies, and one of them wasn't the Smurf. All right. So if you noticed a little bit of a harsh cut there, I uh, my chapstick fell and accidentally hit my space bar, which meant we stopped recording. <laughs> but we're back, and Chris found out what the other movie was. Uh, yeah, uh, so we're in movies now. The first one, like, there's only two movies this week. It's going to be quick. Uh, first one is Going in Style. Uh, this is a Zach Braff movie. Zach Braff. I Zach, like Zach Braff. Braff. I love Zach Braff. Yeah. I've been waiting for him to come back for a while now. He uh, had, like, a like a weird indie movie that he released a couple uh, two, of years ago. Two, two of them. Um, one of them was um, Jersey State. Mm-hmm. and uh, No, 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 Garden State. Garden State. And the other one... Fuck me. I don't know. One of them didn't do so well. I don't know if it was like a crowdfunding movie. Oh, crowdfunding movie didn't do very well. That's 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 not either one of the ones I'm talking about. That's yeah, that's like a couple of years ago. That's what he had. Um, he had the guy from Big Bang Theory helping him promote it on uh, crowd. The uh, Sheldon was helping him promote it. Yeah, that didn't do well. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see him do more shit. Me too. I love that guy. Um, this right here is uh, Going in Style. It's PG-13, 96-minute runtime, listed as a comedy and crime movie. Desperate to pay the bills and come through for their loved ones, three lifelong pals risk it all by embarking on a daring bid to knock off the very bank that absconded that absconded with their money. Absconded, yeah. What's absconded? T- it's taken? like run away with their money. Absconded. 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 <laughs> uh, director is Zach Braff it stars uh, Morgan Freeman uh, Anne Margaret and Michael Caine and Joey King cool um, the, Michael Caine Michael Caine uh, the last movie and maybe That's least leave hurriedly and secretly leave hurriedly and secretly mm-hmm. absconded abscon yeah. I don't know how I'll, I want to work that into my my, I'm my vocabulary I'm out of this <laughs> abscon out of this conversation <laughs> what was the other word that we learned not too long ago um, it's uh, Oh, fuck. I use it in a sentence. Oh, oh, uh, eponymous. 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh, bitches. We <laughs> know like, words. Hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, next is going to be the Smurfs. 
The Lost Village. Uh, uh, it's rated PG, rated PG, 89 minute runtime. It's an animation adventure comedy family fantasy. And this full animated all new take on the Smurfs, a mysterious map set Smurfette and her family friends brainy, clumsy, and hefty on an exciting race through the forbidden forest leading to the discovery of the biggest secret in Smurf history. I'm more, you know what, I'm, I don't know if I'm upset. Mm. More upset about that movie synopsis or mm-hmm. the fact that you took the time to read it? You know, you, well, I'm old. Uh, you didn't. I love. Uh, I love the Smurf. Mm-hmm. I've watched the Smurfs, mm-hmm. but the first animated movie sucked dick. Okay. And like it was bad. It was bad. It's Smurfs, man. It's it's, it's, it's the Smurfs. It's the Smurfs. It was like, bad. like I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I've seen that animated movie. I probably bad. didn't. But I mean, the only thing I know of Smurfs is like growing up with their cartoons yeah. and like I like the Smurf cartoons. Yeah. I'll give you credit for that. Smurf cartoons were great. It's like I, there was an option between you had Care Bears and you had Smurfs, and I don't know anybody that liked them both. I, li- I like them both. You you really? Yeah. What? I didn't watch them religiously, but I like. Oh, the okay. well, yeah, oh yeah, well yeah. All right. I yeah. like the Care Bears, and then yeah. I, if the Smurf was playing, I watch the fucking Smurfs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was like well, at, at the time, you know, it's just like people were, you know, one or the other, like as right. they were coming out. And I was a Smurfs guy, you know, because it seemed more realistic. Like the Smurfs had different personalities and the Care Bears were all just one like, generic oh, thing. Love, yeah. I was like, no, fuck you guys. You guys ain't real. Like, like, no, I slapped the, the Care little Bears up. blue ants. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like the Smurfs is like you. They, they had different personalities. They seem like legit, you know? Yeah, I mean, Smurfs are good. Smurfs movie, right? I'll fuck a Smurf up. Like, let me see a Smurf. because Just, just because I want to see them not be happy. Like, I will have to smack the entire shit out of a Smurf and, until they, like, cried or got aggressive with me back. To, like, feel like they're... And then we could be friends. <laughs> and then we could be friends after that. But until then, we can't be friends because I feel like they're fake. Because nobody's one thing all the no, time. I will fuck those Care Bears up. <laughs> you heard it here, man. <laughs> Fucking Care Bears <laughs> with all their happiness and shit. Go fuck yourself with that nonsense. Damn right. I want some misery in my life. The time for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, I think you'll appreciate I was this moment. Uh, I know we've gone a little over time, but fuck it. I was playing Mass Effect Andromeda, yeah. and there's two characters. Uh, one of them is Jaw, and the other one is Liam. Okay. And they're aliens, and one of them's from a galaxy. The other one's from another entirely different galaxy. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've, the circumstances are in the same room talking. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Liam and Jaw, they're trying to talk shit to each other, yeah. but they're so fundamentally different that they can't do it because mm. they don't know what hurts or what doesn't hurt. Uh. So, like, what they do is they decide to switch armors and, like, talk about, like, their backgrounds and, like, can I wear the poncho? No. Why? Religious or personal? And they, like, kind of go over that to see, like, what the boundaries are of each other. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they were finding a way that they could insult each other and still be friends uh. while doing this. And I went through that moment. I was like, I think Chris would appreciate this interaction. Yeah. Like, the whole point of them just, like, switching armors and switching, like, life perspectives for a little bit mm-hmm. was to see, well, what hurts you? What hurts me? What can't you hit? What can't you hit? Yep. What is happening? How yep. can we talk shit to each other? Oh, and I good. thought you would appreciate that. What, was, what is that from? Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Mass Effect. Nice. Yeah. It's a great wow. game. I'm going to check that out. Uh, I saw that. And I was like, you know what? I think that's, a, like, that's half of how my, half my friendships are created. Mm. Just like you say something like, oh, you're a little bit fucking idiot for mm. that. And yeah. you're like, I like you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it for today's episode. Unless you've got anything else to say. Nah. Nope. Taking off headphones. We're it. Uh, thank you guys for watching, listening. Uh, watching. Fuck it. Uh, next week we'll be back and we are on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast on Facebook at the FFS podcast Google Play Music SoundCloud Stitcher and iTunes Music 
out on the for film's sake. Uh, give us a listen, review us, do your thing. Uh, let's have a good time. Cheers.